Hi, and welcome to Renton Christian Center's recorded ministries. As members of the body of Christ, we offer love and encouragement to everyone. As Pastor Alex leads us through God's Word, we hope you will be lifted and filled with joy as we open our hearts and minds to the love of Jesus and the hope He gives us all. Now here's Pastor Alex. How many of you know we're better together than we are as solo players? So thankful. It's taken me a while to figure that out because I, I grew up as a very independent child. My parents were pretty distant. My father's were very, very distant. So um, I had to kind of figure out how to survive. I, my wife says I was raised by wolves. And uh, I, literally, I literally, as a kid, that we lived right across the freeway from these hills that were just completely wild. And our neighborhood was here. I'd go under the big tunnel under the freeway, and I'd just go play Indian, literally. I'd just play Indian for days on end. Not days, but hours. Pomona? Many days. Pomona, California. Yeah. But as I've gotten to know Jesus, and he has helped me to get to know myself better, you know, self-awareness is a really critical skill. I recognize I've got some areas that I am just so deficient, and without the body of Christ, without close friends, I'm just going to fail over and over again. Or even if I've gotten vision for ministry, doing things by myself is just, you know, minimally successful most of the time. We're much better together. I've been uh, meeting with a, a man who's about 90 years old. His name is Roy, Leroy, actually. And uh, I was in, uh, introduced to Leroy about, I don't know, three or four or five months ago by a couple who was visiting here in church. Just came for two Sundays, and then I've never seen him again. And the very first Sunday, the wife said to me, Pastor, would you mind go, going to visit my friend Leroy? He's in a nursing home in Renton. And I said, actually, that's perfect. I'd love to, because God's kind of been calling me to that throughout the month very regularly. So um, I went and met Leroy, and uh, he's about 90 years old, and he's a strong believer, and I uh, wasn't quite sure what he was after, but uh, he, he finally said, Pastor, I... I won't be here forever. I know I'm going to heaven, but I, I just need someone to bury me. Wow. It was very important for him to have a godly Christian memorial service. When God talks about covenant relationship, it is nothing but healthy. It is nothing but joyful. It is nothing but life-giving. Can I hear an amen? Amen. I got a couple of pictures I want to show you just to give you a little bit of an idea. You know, a lot of people, a lot of people in the body of Christ are very um, lonely and often feel victimized and sometimes are blaming everybody else because they don't have any friends and nobody seems to care and no one has called me and I've never had anybody ask me out to lunch. I mean, we hear this stuff all the time and I'm thinking, you've got a pair of wings, just fly, it's about two feet. You can initiate the relationship. One of the best things about fellowship in, in the body of Christ, which I think, if a healthy church exists, is the safest place on earth, is that you have the joy of being cared for and being loved on and actually giving and receiving in healthy relationships. You know, loneliness is very, very prevalent in our society today. Who is that? Is that Marilyn Monroe? I thought so. Yeah, she said, it's a terrible thing to be lonesome, especially in the middle of a crowd. The weird thing nowadays is the internet has made it really easy to be alone and still have several human needs met without ever engaging another person in person. 
And we've seen the outcome of that, some of the violence and the criminal activity is just frightening because it's becoming easier and easier and easier. And a lot of times, me, my, my wife and I kind of lament this, the whole cell phone explosion. We were kind of like the Waltons, the last one on the hill to get ours, you know. And, uh, but, but we realize you have to get them. But the, the downside is that it really isolates people, at least makes it easy for those who want to isolate to isolate and still have a lot of their needs met. But then when they are in social circumstances, they're never really engaged. I mean, it's like the loneliest person in the middle of the crowd. Robin Williams was another person who had a tragic ending, and, and he said this, I used to think the worst thing in life was to end up all alone, but it's not. The worst thing in life is to end up with people that make you feel all alone. I thought that's an interesting concept because that might reflect some Christian circles more than we'd like to admit. And so what we have to understand is that God has given us not only the command, but the opportunity and the empowerment to actually have significant relationships in this thing called the body of Christ. So let's take a look at a few things. The first thing I want you to realize is that um, the Bible doesn't say that the church or the body is like a family. The Bible says the church is a family. It's not a metaphor. We are a family. Let's take a look at this. The one you have in your uh, built-to-last card. Let's read it again out loud. Now you are no longer strangers to God and foreigners to heaven, but you are members of God's very own family, citizens of God's country, and you belong in God's household with every other Christian. That's not a metaphor. That's reality. You are members of God's family. How did that happen? When you said yes to Jesus? When you understood that he is the son of God and he died for your sins and he took places, traded places with you, substitute for your sins so you could be right with God, filled you with the spirit, bam, adoption occurred. You're in. That's all it took. It was completely an act of God and all we do is respond and say yes. And then adoption, 100% familyhood occurs for every one of us. Now does that mean we act like family just because that occurred? Well, that's up to you. I know some real blood relatives who act like they don't know each other. Why? Well, because it takes work, right? It's the same with the body of Christ. We may not be blood relatives, but it still takes work to actually experience family life. There's power when, when you and I recognize that uh, this thing called the church, the called out ones of God, is going to take more effort than it might in your blood relative family because the covenant that you and I understand as children of our parents or <coughs> siblings with one another doesn't that kind of sort of come automatic you know when you're born into a family we sort of kind of get it that we owe each other something right doesn't that kind of instinctively show up it's not like you have to work at that you go that's my mom she's supposed to take care of me that's my brother he should fight for me when I'm getting picked on by a bully we just kind of have this understanding. But that doesn't necessarily occur in the body of Christ. It takes a lot more conscious intentionality for us to actually start experiencing that safety, that uh, mutual submission, that mutual care for one another, uh, that teaming up together and sticking together no matter what. It takes intentionality. And so that's why, in my opinion, why things like a membership class and an application that you sign on the dotted line 
is really helpful. It's like making a covenant, not with, for instance, RCC, or with Foursquare, or with Alex. It's really a covenant with Jesus and one another. We're going to get to a point in a couple of weeks where I'm going to just say, hey, if you've never done this before, a lot of you have taken our classes. But a lot of you haven't had the opportunity. And I want to give you an opportunity to, after you have an understanding and, and the Holy Spirit begins going, yeah, this is, this is for you. A chance to fill out an application. It's going to have some specific, uh, specific uh, requirements. It's going to have some uh, specific blessings and uh, benefits. And, and if you say, as long as the Lord has called me to this place, I'm in. You can count on me, and I want to be able to count on you. It's a relationship with him and with one another. And to me, there's nothing more valuable than that, especially in the days that we're living in. It doesn't mean you're going to have to agree with everything that everybody else believes. Right? I mean, if, if everybody believes the same thing, then it's pretty clear nobody's thinking very much. But about the essentials... We have to agree. And those are the things that I want to talk about and say this is what it requires to be a member of the body of Christ generally and specifically a member of Renton Christian Center. And we're not going to go outside what the Bible requires of us. We're going to stick really close to what Jesus and his word require of us. But the, the beauty is there's going to be all kinds of protection, all kinds of very tangible benefits, and all kinds of opportunities where you're going to go, oh, because I'm a member of this church, I get to... And I want to go through a few of those things this morning. Why should we be official members of a local church? Let's take a look. I just want to give you some rationale. Why should we be members, official members? Why should I sign a piece of paper? Why should I go through a class? Why should I, why should I even bother with all this? I just rather... Do you know that in the New Testament, there's no such thing as a floating Christian? There, there's no such thing as Christians who just go to a seminar here, I listen to the radio there, and I, I do my little thing in the forest over here. They didn't exist. New Testament Christianity always involved a local body. So why should we be an official member of a local church? I'm going to start with the really tangible stuff, and this is not necessarily the most important, but this is actually the impetus for bringing this to a Sunday morning instead of saying, hey, Wednesday nights for the next three or four Wednesdays we'll do membership. Here's what happened. Our denomination uh, has been talking about the last year or so about how to protect the local church from some of the potential lawsuits, not only potential, but very real lawsuits that are occurring against churches who are taking a stand on some moral issues, like the LGBT community, or those being allowed to minister who don't hold to the Orthodox Christian gospel. And so our overseers have said, hey guys, I, I don't want you to be scared. I don't want you to get into a bunker mentality where we're now going to just close everybody out because we're afraid of that. That's not it at all. We're still going to be missional. We're going to be people who go into the community and be as part of, much a part as we can. But when it comes to our assets, our property, our meeting space, our meeting times, we've got to start being a little bit more defensive. You know, Jesus was very defensive about the right stuff. He was very protective. When people started wanting to use his time, for ungodly reasons, he said, I'm out of here. He had no problem setting up barriers around his time. When people started wanting to use his power for things that weren't fulfilling his father's mission, he had no problem saying, sorry, not going to happen. And so we're not being uh, restrictive in terms of keeping life away. 
We're being restrictive knowing we've got an adversary who would love to use well-meaning people to wreck stuff. That's just a fact of life. Again, this is not the most important purpose for membership, but here's one. Jesus said it this way, and I've got a, I think it's a living Bible translation. He said to his disciples, stay alert. This is hazardous work I'm assigning you. You're going to be like sheep running through a wolf pack, so don't call attention to yourselves. Be as cunning as a snake, inoffensive as a dove. You know that cunning as a snake part has gone over a lot of our heads. We're thinking, wait a minute, we're lovey-dovey Christians. How can you be cunning as a snake? That's usually, you know, serpent you know, metaphors are usually not healthy ones. And so he's going, no, I want you to be cunning. What does that mean? Not crafty as in deceptive, but shrewd, thoughtful, recognizing we live in a fallen world, things are broken all around us, and that brokenness would love to seep in and break us too. So he says, be alert. Recognize that's a reality. So there are some steps that we have to take so that we can protect the assets that God has given us. There are a couple of assets I want to talk about. Number one is obviously our property here. So um, the staff and I and the council have been working on a new policy statement, for instance, in saying uh, in order to use the building for a wedding or a meeting or a weekly get-together for your group, you have to ascribe to these specific beliefs. Because we don't want to partner with, well, for instance, some really well-meaning people like the Boy Scouts of America, who may possibly now have a gay leader. If we don't protect ourselves somehow, and we say yes to this group, but no to them, lawsuit. Boom. That's just the facts of life. So we've got to have a policy in written form that they sign and say, we agree, come on in. Another group of well-meaning people, Mormons. There, there are Mormon startup churches. They don't all have big cathedrals like most of them do, but there are small groups that are looking for places to meet. Well-meaning people, good people, but their doctrine is not right. It's not godly. It's not biblical. So we have to have a way, without being accused of discrimination, without being sued, we have to have a way to say no because... We have one standard for everybody. We're not singling you out. Making sense? So that was kind of the impetus behind this whole thing. And so I realized if we're going to have a standard like that, then we all should know what the standard is. And all check ourselves and go, am I in agreement? You know, because um, you know, there's a whole lot of beliefs that show up in a room like this on any given Sunday. So Jesus said, stay alert. Be cunning. Be, be sober. Be be clear-minded, and have some very specific ways to protect what God has given us, what God is doing here. So, our assets, the building, our time, our meeting space, our equipment, um, it is worth protecting. But of course, the most important thing to protect is our witness, right? I mean, that's what we really, really want to have a very strong commitment to. So if someone outside the church is looking at us and we're just being, oh, we want to be lovey-dovey to everybody and we let, you know, the, the Satanist witchcraft circle group, you know, come on in and they need space for their, I don't know, potion making or something. <laughs> and the world's looking at us and going, hmm, RCC and hmm, potion making circle witchcraft group, hmm, together, wow. 
suddenly the message we've been fighting so hard to keep clear and simple gets diluted or confused, right? So it's not like we're playing bunker mentality. Oh, keep everybody back. No, we're just trying to be sober and alert, knowing we have an enemy on the prowl seeking whom he may devour. So that's it. But it's worthy of our time and consideration individually and as a group. Now let's talk about some of the other benefits. Why should I be an official member of a local church? Well, there are privileges of membership. Look what the scripture says. Ecclesiastes, I'm sorry, this one's Galatians 6.10. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people. Stop right there. Okay, that is the mission of the church. The Great Commission is to go into all the world, make disciples of all nations, teaching them to observe everything I've taught you, and lo, I'm with you always. Have you heard that dumb joke before? Lo, I'm with you always. I had a friend who said, I, I'm never going to fly in an airplane in my life. And I said, why? He said, because Jesus said, lo, I'm with you always. <laughs> dumb. But I want you to stop right there. Let us do good to all people. What's that? That's the call to go outside the four walls. Church doesn't just happen in the building. Church happens 24-7, seven days a week. Wherever we are promoting the kingdom of God in an act of kindness, in words of love, in comfort, in serving, feeding the poor, that's what we're supposed to be doing all the time. But Paul made it clear, and I, I feel like it's kind of, I don't know, it's sort of exclusive because he, he said, but there's another group, especially, that we should do good for, and that's to those who belong to the family of believers. There is a prioritization. Don't leave your church family to care for someone that you're hoping to reach while those in your midst are in need. That's a benefit if you're in the middle of this group here. Because I get priority, you get priority. There have been many, many, many times when uh, there's been a family who, let's say the husband lost their job or they went through some horrendous financial difficulty where we could stand up and say, hey church, here's what's going on, can you give? And the money has come in like crazy. And yes, we give to those in need outside the church. We get phone calls, you know, hey, can you help me pay my rent? Um, Can't make my electrical bill, I need food. And, and yeah, we have a, a beneficent fund, benevolent fund that we give to, but the body of Christ, we're not taking entire offerings for this individual who just called on the phone, but for you, we will do that because we're the body of Christ. Do good all, especially those within the family. If you have needs for time and your marriage is falling apart or... Your, your mind and emotions are just getting whacked out and you just can't make heads or tails of what's wrong and how to get back on your feet. We're going to make time. We'll make sure there is someone to sit with you and get you into the Word and get you into prayer and get you into some counseling. You're going to get first priority. That's When people call me and say, oh, I didn't want to call you, Pastor, because um, I know you're so busy. I'm thinking, I'm busy doing exactly what you just called for. <laughs> And somebody else just happened to get there first because they said, hey, I think I'm in. You're in too. Just don't hesitate to call next time. That's my life. That's what I'm here for. The benefits of being a member of the body is you get resources, you get time. I think another cool thing that a lot of Christians forget because we're so fragmented, 
When, when you're a member that says, you know, I'm here for you and you're here for me for as long as God has called us together, because, you know, God does move in seasons. That season may end and you may be called to move to Colorado or something or called to another church or called to a ministry outside of Sunday morning. But for as long as we're, you know, one here, one of the cool benefits is you get a voice. You get a voice in the, the vision and the ministry and the direction of our church. You don't have to be a paid staff member to have influence over me, and you know that. You guys are giving suggestions all the time, and what do I usually do? I usually go, thank you. I'm going to consider that. That's great stuff. Or I'm going to say, you know, I don't know that that's really my thing to, to pursue from here, but I would love to authorize you to pursue it because that will shape RCC in a very healthy way. So let's add that ingredient. You have a voice. When we are not quite sure if somebody's on board with us, because we've, we've had a few folks who are very gifted, very experienced, come from other churches, and, and, and just really be wonderful, well-meaning people, kind of want to have some influence right away, but they're not really willing to sign on the dotted line. I used to say yes to everybody all the time, because I figured, hey, good guy, I trust him. I realized, nah, humans are humans. We need to watch out sometimes. And so now we're a little bit more reticent. You know, hey, give it three months. Give it six months. Hang out with us for a while. Come to a, a home group and, you know. And then behind the scenes, I check to see if they're tithing every now and then. Because, you know, your money talks, right? I don't check, but I'm seriously, maybe once a year. So I'm, I have no idea what you guys are giving. But see, that's responsible shepherding, don't you think? If you're going to have a voice and influence the direction of a body, we want to make sure A, it's in line with God's word, and B, in the same spirit of our mission in this community, because not every mission is for every church. Depends on the community and the calling. And finally, one of the reasons that we should be official members of a local church is for the productivity of ministry. This is where being better together really becomes obvious. You know, um, many of you were here when we talked about the Hardings needing to move. They didn't ask me to share this, but um, we put the word out, and the day finally came, and it was so cool to see how productive we were for those few hours moving their household from one location to another because about 20 people, 25 people, a whole bunch of people showed up. It's like, wow, many hands make light work. How true it is. Why? Because the body of Christ, who had been in covenant relationship for a while before that, so there was this affection of commitment, not just that drudgery, okay, I don't like you, but I'll sacrifice because I'm a believer. <laughs> Woohoo, stay home, you know? <laughs> No, there was an affection because we had been making investments in one another and not just one of our own. Hardings aren't super duper special, like they get all the you know, help and nobody else. No, they're just one of us and they've been investing, we've been investing. And that, I can't believe the time we came together was so fruitful and so fast and so productive. And that was just the simple ministry of moving furniture. Imagine how fruitful we can be when we add to that the preaching of the gospel. Like when we go make Christmas dinner over at Fairwood Apartments and we sit down with people and have meals and start conversations and start talking about our testimony and asking questions about where are they at with Jesus. Now you've got this productivity that I could never, A, pull off the meal by myself, B, get to all those people by myself, 
But each of us doing our little part, man, you've got like just little fires happening all over the place for about four hours on a Saturday afternoon, which we're going to do again between Thanksgiving and Christmas. I hope you can be a part of that. Productivity. Here's what the Bible says about that. Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. Good return. God's not embarrassed about talking investment and return. Remember the parable of the talents? He, he thinks, yeah, think financially. Think math. It just makes sense. Two will have a good return for their labor. For if either of them falls, the one will lift up his companion. But woe to the one who falls when there is not another to lift him up. Furthermore, if two lie down together, they... Oh, there's a reference to E. Can somebody find that? Um, They keep warm. But how can one be warm alone? And if one can overpower him who is alone, two can resist him. Let's read the last part together. Ready? A cord of three strands is not quickly torn apart. And number three in the cord is? It's Jesus, right? So every relationship we have, doing work together for him, if he's included, he's the author, the finisher, and the sustainer in between, it's going to bear a lot of fruit, and we're not going to get torn apart. I got an email from Eric Munch. It's actually Munch. He's, it's German, and he makes me say it that way every time. It's Munch. Got an email from Eric, and he goes, Hey, I, I just, this neighbor... I don't know how I got a hold of her. She got a hold of me, but she asked me to come and take a look at her plumbing. It's just not working. So I went over there, and, uh, you know, the, I think the toilet's backing up, and I think it's the septic tank, and it's, it's not looking good. But if we have a team of guys <laughs> that could get over there and dig it up and check this thing out, and um, I said, I'm in. I've even got some... ABS and a couple elbows and a couple things I can donate. And then uh, Bob Stevens said, I'm in. And so we got three of us now, and then nothing would happen for a couple of weeks, but then I think a couple of guys went over. I never actually made it there except to drop off my stuff because I couldn't get to it, other commitments. But uh, I showed up one day, and then Bob and Eric and John Bison were all there, I mean, you know, knee-deep in mud, digging this thing, and they're just going crazy. I mean, they got this thing down. I mean, they found the septic tank, the pipe, the broken part, it was right there, and they're all the way to the house, and they're getting ready to, and they got ideas, are spinning, and it's like, they had this thing done within, I don't know, three days. Things are flowing, the lady's happy, but here's the key, listen to this. I haven't been able to visit the woman. I did meet her that day, but from what I understand, they got to sit and talk with her for hours about Jesus after it was all said and done. That's productivity. A, the job got done. B, a door was opened. We're better together. We have to keep that in mind. As believers in 2015, it's easy to go, oh, not one more thing, please. We, we can't just keep adding to our schedules, right? So what do we have to do? We just have to prioritize and shift things around and drop stuff that really is okay to drop. Don't drop things God has called you to previously until he says you're done here. So when people ask me to do one more thing, sometimes I have to say, in order to say yes to you, I have to say no to something I'm clear Jesus asked me to do. And that wouldn't make him or me very happy. So I I have to say no right now. That's really the best way to prioritize. What's God calling you to do? All I want you to know is that we need to stay motivated and and open-minded to 
what can we do as a family? What can we do to, to let these commitments we've made with one another really bear fruit? So in the next few weeks, we'll talk about some of the specifics of membership. I hope it's not boring. I don't think it's going to be. I hope it's life-giving. In fact, every time I've taught the class out in the modular, I get more pumped than anybody. So I'm thinking about alone time with God. Let's talk about why that's a high priority in our lives. Wow, it's inspiring. Prayer. Why is that a high priority? Why is tithing a high priority? It's really very, very encouraging. So please come for the next few weeks. Now, I have to say, I scheduled Jim Hayford, oh, nine months ago to speak next Sunday, so we'll take a break, and I couldn't say, hey, get out of here. We've got a series, you know. So I apologize for that, but the following two or three weeks after that, we'll talk seriously about it. We'll have some forms to fill out, and I want you to know there's great value. Great value, again. Oh, I like that one. Teamwork makes the dream work. Yeah. I can't believe it. I'm sorry. I like this one a lot, African proverb. If you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. It's awesome. That, that's really the word of God in another format, right? So we'll take a look at all those reasons why we're better together. And I want to close with this, our... Our commitment to be, I guess what I want to say is um, organic. Pam and I have a real desire to be an organic kind of Christian, organic kind of church where things just really work because the Holy Spirit's moving. It's not overly structured. We don't have a serious you know, map about everything through the month. But there is a time and a place for structure. Understood? There's a time and a place where you recognize, you know, if I throw all of this rubber and plastic and metal and glass into a dumpster and shake it for a million years, it's never going to become a car. It's just not going to happen. I have to have a little structure to make that happen. So I want you to see this as an opportunity to build, put a skeleton kind of to some of the things that you've organically always believed or always known, always understood, maybe even always agreed to, but maybe been a little afraid to put your name to. I want us to go... I'm, I'm doing this for the right reasons because I hear the Holy Spirit saying, this is a way to commit. It's still not the Bible. We're not replacing your membership with Bible. We're just saying for this relationship, we want to take God seriously. It's kind of like marriage. I'm committing to you for life. In this case, membership may not be for life, but it's for now. Rick Warren once said, in nature... There is no living thing that grows over nine inches without a skeleton. I thought, wow, you could try really hard, but without structure, it's just, it's just go. Same is true with this church. I think a little bit of structure for the right reasons is a great idea, don't you? So please come and uh, let's get ready to sign our names. Or if you've already signed up and said, hey, I'm, I've been in for a long time, you know that, I know that, um, maybe this will just inspire you to go, ah, here's why we do what we do. Amen. Let's, uh, let's stand together as the army of God in prayer. Lord Jesus, we're thankful that you said if we agree as touching anything on earth, it shall be done for us by our Father in heaven. And we know, Lord, this is according to your will, that Lindsay be made whole. Father, that for whatever it takes in her mind and her emotions, that you would breathe hope into her life. Lord, in her body, whatever it takes, Father, would you strengthen and heal 
every bone, every cell, every muscle, every blood vessel in Jesus' mighty name. And Father, we pray that you would give her wisdom and insight, not necessarily as to specifically what's going on, but Lord, that you are a Father whose character never changes, that you are good, you are wise, you are in control, and nothing is too difficult for you. Help her to rest in your arms, Father God, through this all. And we know that in the long run, Father, wisdom will be shed in her mind, and she'll be able to look back and say, wow, all things have worked together for my good. And we thank you for all these things, Lord, in Jesus' name. And the church said? Amen. Amen. And Father, we're better together. We want to say thank you for making us members of your universal church. Now would you speak to us about our commitments to one another? Amen? Amen. Amen. May God bless you. See you next Sunday. Listening to God's teachings is always so exciting. We hope you have enjoyed this recording and that it has blessed you. Remember to share these messages with others you know and love. Until next time, may God bless and keep you. Here again is Pastor Kevin. Do you ever have thoughts about your purpose in life? Have you accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior? Or maybe you walked away and it's time to come home. You know, really our walk with God is about a personal relationship with Him. That's what He wants. I believe that's what we want. I encourage you to take a few moments and allow this message to sink in. Allow His Holy Spirit to speak to your heart. You know, the Bible says that if we draw close to Him, that He will draw close to us. So do that today. God bless.